When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Manchester is Red podcast here from the Manchester Evening News. I am a host Ash Barami and I am pleased to be joined by Samuel Lukerst. Hello. And Charlotte Dunker. Hello. It's a very special day today, isn't it? it is. It's finally happened. Oli Gunnar Solskjaer is the Manchester United manager on a permanent basis. Samuel, give us your immediate reaction to the news when you found out. It, it was inevitable that it was going to happen this week, given what um, was reported by Chris Wheeler earlier in the week. He's, he's, he's pretty well informed on, on things that are going to happen, like in terms of announcements by United. Um, I mean, the, the slightly frustrating thing was that we had, this, we had the story this morning and it was kind of along the lines of the players had been told, but it wasn't tight enough to go like that. But the deal had been done and it was just a case of time. And that pretty much went live um, at about five to nine. And then I received a text message and my other colleagues at the other papers did as well saying there was going to be a press release at 9am. So at that point, you know, okay, the, the announcement is going to be made. Uh, and they've gone about it in a very similar way, an identical way, in fact, to when they made him caretaker manager and the, the players were informed the evening before a 9am announcement. Um, so the players were told when they came back to training on, on Wednesday. Uh, the only reason it wasn't done last week was that uh, the, the negotiations, or I mean, you call them negotiations, it makes it sound like it's been dragged out. It hasn't been whatsoever. He was formally told last week that he would effectively become the next permanent United manager. And it was then down to the club, Mulder, um, not so much Mulder because he's not got a contract with them, uh, but Solskjaer's agent, Jim Solbakken, to finalise the, the arrangement. They did that. I think Solskjaer had a celebratory meal with his agent in, in Manchester on, on Wednesday night as well. Uh, so, And then he came into Carrington this morning and just put pen to paper. So it's been done very quickly. And I think it's good of United to I mean they someone at United told me they just thought the sooner the better really get it over and done with there have been a lot of significant wins that United have had under Solskjaer you may be sense that that PSG game was the ultimate clincher I mean in the press conference afterwards a rather uh, zany uh, Scandinavian journalist asked the other reporters in the room to put their hands up they thought Solskjaer should get the job. Did you put your hand up? I did, kind of sheepishly. I, was, I had my head buried in my laptop and I kind of just like very gradually raised my arm in a way that thinking like, who is this Did guy? anyone know? Well, that was the thing. And then a... I don't think he'll kill me for saying it, but but Jamie Jackson of The Guardian didn't. And Ole Gunnarsson just went, Jamie, you know, kind of like this mock-affronted way. And, and Jamie insisted he was just being purely professional, which I can completely understand because I was very reluctant to raise my hand, but I thought it, it would, I might look silly if I don't raise my hand, particularly since there are going to be people filming it at the back. Was this before or after you got the sunglasses? After the game. It was, it was after, after. It was the post-match press conference. So, um, you know, it was, it was the ultimate high of his reign. And I asked him, as, as 
as Woodward told you, you've got the job, and if not, why? It had come to the point where, you know, he he might as well have felt affront- he might have felt affronted that he hadn't got the job already. But they've lost two games, and he's got the job on on the back of the worst performance by far against Wolves. So it's a it's a good show of faith in him. Um, of course, there's going to be scrutiny if they don't beat Watford, if they don't beat Wolves in their two games over the next week. But I don't think that you know it should be demonised for that I mean if it, if it wasn't going to happen in the international break the announcement that is then it was always going to happen at the end of the season but it's a chance for them to press ahead with plans and obviously the focus now is on director of football and, and the transfer market in the summer Yeah Charlotte in, in a sense did the timing of United's announcement surprise you because a lot was made about the fact that if you keep him on his heels until the end of the season you keep that effect going but do you think it does make sense to announce it now and just turn the attentions to other matters yeah from a personal point of view I was a bit disappointed they didn't uh, do it last week because we've had a very long 10 days of the international break coming up with ideas to write about different things and then your ideas run dry and you're thinking come on please just announce it today and it didn't happen so obviously they've announced it as football's coming back anyway and we've got things to write about so from a personal selfish perspective <laughs> I would have rather it had happened last week but I think it's good to end the speculation because every single press conference understandably have you been told you've got the job when are you going to get the job why you've not been given the job yet and the way things have been going there's no reason why why they wouldn't give it him and it's yeah it's good to end all the rumors really isn't it yeah and i believe it's two press conferences isn't it one today for the announcement and one tomorrow no i think i think it will just be the the one today and i mean woe betide anyone who asks about how watford are getting on because that is at the very bottom of the agenda it's there are a lot of there are a lot of questions to ask now about how things go on moving ahead the the director of football thing i can it's, it's worth addressing that because a lot of fans come justifiably say United always tell you this to appease you just to give them some wriggle room or just to you know give the impression that they are looking ahead and I can understand why they're sceptical about the possibility of them not appointing a director of football they've, they've left it late already in the fact that at this time of year clubs have decided which players they want to sign in the summer they've touched base with their representatives with um with their agents they're, they're negotiating already uh, with the clubs United I think with Dallow and, and Fred they were teed up well before June uh, last year so a director of football is unlikely if United do appoint one is unlikely to have a major any major input into what they do in the summer unless they get one in between now and the end of the season which is a, a six week window so if they were to do that that would spring a bit of a surprise um, but that really has to be the next step to show that there's a real measure of progress at the club because the structure as, as Van Gaal touched upon in his interview uh, earlier this week it, it does give the impression it is a commercial club rather than a football club uh, particularly when uh, Ed Woodward who's the executive vice chairman Richard Arnold who's the managing director they were um, they're at the same university, met each other at University of Bristol, and they're now pretty much heading up one of the biggest and most commercially lucrative, uh, as the Glazers might say, franchises in the world. And then you've got Matthew Judge, who does the negotiating with with contracts and with signings, uh, who's another. I think he had a master's de- degree in economics. Yeah, it's all so you've got background. you've got three ba- you've got three very astute um, bankers there, but. There's no football presence and really United's benchmark has to be Ferguson used to 
bang on about Bayern Munich setup where they had the former players like Uli Hoeneß, Karl-Heinz Rummenigge, where they are still running things. And you look at what Bayern have done ahead of the summer transfer window. They've signed uh, Benjamin Pavard and uh, Lucas Hernandez well in advance. They were the two, they're two World Cup winning fullbacks. They are very, very good signings. They're statements of intent that Bayern finally are going to be spending really big as well in the transfer market. I think their previous record fee was under £40 million for Tolisso, who, uh, I mean, he's, he's a bit more renowned now because I think he won the World Cup with France, but he's still a bit of an unknown quantity on the on the continent. So that's a massive statement by them. United's best summer transfer window by far was in 2007 when Nani, Anderson, Hargreaves were all done before June. Uh, Tevez dragged on a little bit longer, but he still was signed up before the Premier League season started. So the, the mantra is the earlier, the better. And United had that in, in Mourinho's first transfer window when, uh, although Pogba did drag on an awful lot, he still was, his. I think the announcement was made in the day of the Community Shield. So they that needs to be the next step for them now and United really do need to look ahead I think one of the maybe one of the criticisms of Solskjaer you'd say that he's harked on back to the past a little bit too much and he's entertained the comparisons with 99 and of course it's back to Barcelona next next month as well but the 99 comparisons were kind of a bit moot anyway because they're not going to win the Premier League and now they're not going to win the, the FA Cup either so it's, it's very much about looking ahead now and it'll be interesting to see what he does actually say uh, at his press conference now that he's the permanent manager it seems yeah. like the director of football um, appointment in some ways is on a level with appointing the manager it's that it's that important so the fact that that's not been announced and there doesn't seem to be any announcement on the cards should be of a concern because we've known for a long time that United need to get this this role in Samuel's just touched on it there it's a very commercial entity and what Ed Woodward et al are all doing in terms of getting in these partners shouldn't be underestimated and United turn around and heart back and say you can you can slate that we keep announcing all these partners but this is what's keeping season ticket prices down so that's yeah. what's going to keep the fans happy which is fine but the fans are only going to remain happy for a certain amount of time with not winning things and this is where the difference is you need you need a footballing brain alongside this commercial brain for United to take, to go back to winning the Champions League, competing in the Premier League, and for them not to have, as far as anyone knows, not to be on the cusp of appointing a director of football. It's another transfer window that's going to go by without them. I'm not saying that Solskjaer and Woodward between them don't know who who to sign. That's fair enough, but they need someone in in that position and the sooner they do that the better because it's another missed opportunity yeah Solskjaer in particular I mean it's it's kind of moot to compare him to Cardiff but it's still relevant that he's never had a budget this big to work with and as as Van Gaal and Mourinho showed you can be made to look very silly when you've got a bigger budget and he does need someone with experience with know-how with a certain savvy to be there alongside him to to not not show him the ropes as such but to kind of take the heat off him in a way because it it is all you know as as United said with the 11 signings Mourinho made they weren't foisted upon him they were his signings that was fair enough and okay you know Harry Maguire was available for £75 million. They shouldn't be paying that. Absolutely not. He's he's a decent defender. I certainly don't think he's at the level United need. But 
who who said Woodward to tell Mourinho? That Mourinho's. would have seemed like a panic buy, I feel, like yeah. if they'd gone down there because they didn't... Woodward, did, Woodward wasn't willing to pay the money for it, who it was, Mourinho it, it wanted. Was, it was reactionary to his World yeah, Cup forms World Cup. as well, yeah. which is always a bad sign. Um, but who's who is a banker to tell a two-time Champions League winning coach that Toby Alderweireld isn't good enough for Manchester United's defence or he's not... Um, He's not the right price just because Tottenham want a bit more money and and they're interested in Anthony Martial. So, the, I mean, they have changed. They are in the process. Not they, they want to change the structure or they say they want to change the structure. They've certainly changed the transfer strategy in that they have moved away from the, what they call the short-termism of Mourinho where he wants to establish players. The emphasis is more on youth. There have to be exceptions made. I think when it comes to centre-half, they desperately need a centre-half. They are. They might have to. In fact, they're probably going to have to break the world record fee for for a defender, which is seventy five million. Liverpool paid for Van Dijk purely because every possible seller knows how desperate United are to sign a player. And Van Dijk has been a bit of a watershed deal there in that he possibly will win the Player of the Year award and, and maybe deservedly so. And United need a caliber of defender comparable to Van Dyke to make them a title challenge inside because they're not going to get anywhere with those five defenders they've got one of them at least should one of them should certainly be sold you could make a case for one or two others as well Bayer didn't even make the bench at Wolves the other week um, Rojo started four games in a year uh, Phil Jones has been has missed three months of the season with injury and illness so there, there are a lot of big decisions to be made there but I, as I stated they've, they've got to be done quickly because also it's, it's still a short transfer window it closes on I think the 8th or 9th of August the pre-season uh, starts on the first game I think is the 13th of July so when the pre-season starts you've got under a month left uh, in the transfer window so there is an awful lot of work that has to be done between now and and I'd say probably the start of July yeah and I don't know if I'm just looking too much into it and call me out if I am but I thought it was interesting in that press release statement that United mentioned that Solskjaer would be the manager and not the head coach because a lot of clubs often when they announce a head coach they have a they have a director no, of football it's, it's, it's a fair point yeah. um I don't think United have ever referred to a manager as a head coach or a coach. I mean, Chelsea really did um, not not help Rafael Benitez out that time when they called him the interim coach. I think that was the first time interim was kind of like coined. You're always a caretaker, which wasn't, I don't think anybody really, any manager would bristle at that. But interim, Benitez even went on that rant at Middlesbrough that time uh, after a game saying that they hadn't really helped him in that sense. Um it's always been the manager at United. I mean, Louis van Gaal came in and, and he, he called himself trainer coach. Uh, I mean, he did say this week his grasp of English wasn't particularly great, but he was very much a coach and he certainly working at Bayern Munich, working at Ajax, even Barcelona, where I know it didn't end well the first time and it went even worse the second time. He, he did operate under a certain structure, which is very, very different at United. And he did touch upon that um, earlier this week with, with his chat with the BBC. But it, it does give the manager some autonomy there. And it does lead me to wonder whether this, you know, possibly even mythical director of football you know will it it wouldn't surprise me if in a year's time United have still not got one and that could be due to a matter of things like the right one's not available or what have you um 
but I think and, and and you can't rush these things, but they do need one in there just just to show that the club is modernising and moving forward. You say you can't rush them, but they've known really they've known for a while yeah, they, that they've I, need that they've needed since this the role. summer. Yeah, and whether Mourinho wanted to work with one or not, if they're not thinking of Mourinho as a long term, as in the next five to six years manager, then you start on your on your process of who who you're going to bring in for director of football so as soon as Mourinho went if they'd been further down the line of appointed director of football they could have been like he's gone he didn't want to work with one we're 75% down the line we've appointed him one whoever the new manager is this is who you're going to have to work with I think that would have been maybe an ideal way of working with it because then whoever you bring in obviously Solskjaer's now doing it if they're against that then when they then when they join they know that's what the management structure is and that's who you're working with do you not think it's possible that Solskjaer and maybe went to the board with a list of targets of players and the board have just said okay we'll believe in you when people who maybe are advising you or do you think that's out the question and it's got to be someone above him no I, I, I can perfectly believe that they would just say okay but obviously then you would talk to a club they'd ask x for x amount and they'd go back to him and say well they want this amount so we're going to have to look at the alternative target um i mean Solskjaer did say i was i was quite taken aback when i asked him earlier this month like have you told i even said i even mentioned woodward specifically if you told ed woodward about which players need to come and go and he just said yes i have um it's then up to woodward pretty much to go out and sort those deals but it's I mean it, 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 it's very difficult in the I mean take take someone like Jane Sancho who a lot of United fans want but you would have to question whether he would be the right profile of player even though he fits the age bracket even though he's a really good player and he'll probably get better um, he is playing in a league that is easier to perform in you, I mean Van Gaal said about Di Maria this week how going to the Premier League he couldn't hackle sorry, hackle, hack the pressure he was constantly under because of the pace of the game. So although Sancho has is an England international and has played English youth football, that's still going to be a real culture shock if he were to come to United. And also Dortmund got, what, £58 million for Pulisic, who is on the bench because of Sancho. So you're looking, if by, by that Reckoning, you could say that they demand double that for Sancho, and then another twenty because it's United. Yeah, exactly. And then you've got the United tax on top of it, and then you've got maybe another tax because they realise, oh, United haven't signed a, signed a right side attacker since Wilfred Zaha. So it just goes up and up and up, and they got one hundred and thirty odd million for Dembele uh, a couple of years ago, and you get to that point, you think, is this kid who's had a really good first season? first proper season full season maybe at Dortmund is he worth that expense at this time I'd probably argue no and also have you got the budget to spend that much on that one player Um, they probably haven't they have they've not spent anywhere well not anywhere near as much but it seemed like in recent years they've had pretty much 150 million pounds to spend uh, up until last year where the tap was just turned off because there were all sorts of issues with Mourinho. Uh, I think the most they've spent in a single window was was Van Gaal's first and that £150 million was spread across six players. It's changed an awful lot now because of the Neymar deal. It did calm down last summer, but I think the Pav... Not the Pavard deal, the Hernandez deal, going to buy in for sixty-eight million pounds. It's an indication that it might go back up again. And there are certain clubs like United, like Tottenham, like Arsenal, who are going to have to spend 
to spend big really to to remain competitive or to become even more competitive uh but as i said i think that's why they've missed a trick in that they arguably should have got a director of football in before they confirmed Solskjaer as as the permanent manager um but you know we we're still here three months on from when they said it was their intention to appoint one and one's not in place yeah it's going to be an interesting summer to say the least and um charlotte from when Solskjaer took over in December as caretaker manager, there wasn't really much expectation on him. But do you think now that maybe might have changed and there's that expectation now to maybe secure top four? Or do you think it still stays the same and he'll be judged from next season onwards? I think it'd be fairer to judge him once he's had a transfer window. He's put them through pre-season training because if you look at some of the comments he's made in his press conferences, he's gone on about basically the players aren't fit enough to play the level, the intensity that he wants them to play at. So once he's had the time to mould his team and have some time with them away from the um, strains of playing two or two games a week, then I think it'd be fair to judge him on next season. Bear in mind where United were when he took over great if they get top four I don't think they're going to suddenly turn around and change their mind if they miss out on top four and get knocked out of the Champions League by Barcelona it is a it is a high possibility but I think the confidence should still be there and the the telling thing will be if they land top four and they can take that confidence then into next season yeah Samuel do you think he's going to be judged over over the next 18 months on possible silverware or is it going to be judged almost like on like a Pochettino kind of basis where you just fans are just looking maybe to see the progress no he's he's going to be judged on silverware because Man United are not Tottenham uh, they're not a club that have won what two league cups in the last quarter of a century even under Van Gaal in that second season they won the FA Cup uh, Mourinho for all his shortcomings and faults and mistakes won two trophies the the club has still you know it's still won things dis- despite the instability um since since Ferguson retired so i mean in a year's time i think the the intention has to be that they given the gradual progress not gradual sorry they've they've made immense progress under under Solskjaer in this time even though they've lost their last two games they can they have to assemble what what would look like a title challenging squad for next season they've got to just kind of like take Solskjaer as their Van Dyke, a mid-season appointment who galvanises the club and they use that momentum and they take it into the next season and they go for the league which is what Liverpool have done it might not end up with a title for Liverpool but they're, 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 you know, they're pushing City very close and they are top at the moment. Uh, so I don't think United fans, how, however much they love Solskjaer, and they, they, they love him dearly, obviously, I don't think they would tolerate that Tottenham mentality at the club. As a long-term thing, definitely not. But I think short there's too much short-termism at the minute, isn't there, in that... You're not, you're not getting top four we're going to sack you you've not got this we're going to sack you like if they're going to give it him and they're going to give him a chance he needs to make that squad his own he needs to get rid of the deadwood bring in the sort of players that he wants mould that team into the team that he wants and he needs to be given a chance to do that so yeah they might not win the league next season they might not win it the season after but if they're getting closer and then in three years time they've won it then ultimately his appointment's been a success because no one's done that since Ferguson retired I think the, the, the fair time I mean so much could change but the fair time to probably judge him would be in this time in 2021 when he you know or just at the end of that season when he's had two years as as permanent manager I think like midway through um 
would it be the next season or the season after? I mean, God knows what could happen between now and then. If, if United haven't won anything next season, it, you know, do you sack him? It, it depend. It would probably be dependent on on the league position and how they're playing, what have you, um, and, and what the signs have been like. There, there are so many variables, so many. Um, other factors to to take into account before you come to that. It's 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 not quite straightforward as saying where's he going to be in in eighteen months time. So uh, as I said, I mean you know, you'd you'd assume he is still the United manager in eighteen months time. But uh, I, I think that we never would have guessed we'd be in this position. Well, no, I know exactly. It's, it's, it's pretty. It's, it's just pretty much you Four know. Months ago. If if if, if uh, apologies for anyone if they started listening to this response, you might as well have just fast forwarded it. It's, it's so it's just so far. Off, there's there's no point even talking anything about it. Anything could happen in six months. We just don't know. Six days. It's true. Know. In a week, anything can change. Who knows? Yeah. Well, I, I, <laughs> my bet is I'd put all my money on the fact he'll still be manager in a week. Ash. Just I agree. Just, just a hunch. <laughs> But from now until the end of the season, what are, I mean, this, the Champions League quarterfinals against Barcelona, there's also the race for top four. Top four does seem, it's like the insurance thing, isn't it? But surely United have got to prioritise going on to doing the best they can to win the Champions League, haven't they? Yes. I didn't, I didn't mean to laugh there, but there's just, if anyone, I think they're going in there as underdogs again, aren't they? And you've just, they've got to go into it with the same mentality they went into the PSG game. And it's a cliche, but anything can happen. I just, I don't think they're expected to make it through to the semi-finals of the Champions League, genuinely. Do you? No, they're not expected so, to, but... But who knows? I mean, I know PSG didn't have... Uh, I mean, Cavani came, late, came on late and, and, and Neymar was injured, but you would there could be an argument made that PSG have a more intimidating team than Barcelona even though Barcelona have Messi and watching them against Betis like for all you know, it's, we almost talk about as Suarez as if he's a has-been or if he's on the wane but he, he'd probably come if he was playing in the Premier League he'd still be arguably the best striker there um, I, I just think that there, there's that belief there at United that, that, that they can overcome Barcelona it's I mean it'd be you just you just hope for their sake that if if they if they were to and then they get they get somehow get Porto in the semi-finals you've got this fear that it would be like the, the anti-climax of Wolves where you've knocked out Arsenal you've locked out Chelsea on route to the FA Cup quarter-final and then you go out to team that isn't as intimidating on paper uh, but I don't think it's a case of prioritising it I think that as he said you know you've, you've got to go for for both and it's it is manageable I mean they've they're out of the FA Cup which it wasn't a major distraction anyway but they've got to try and extract a positive from that they had an awful week the last match week when they went out to Wolves and obviously yeah, the chances of a City treble or a quadruple have increased the only upside was that Chelsea somehow lost at Everton and United weren't knocked down to sixth so they've got to win the next two games so I think those those two games are particularly crucial going into the, the Barcelona tie on um I think it's just just under two weeks time yeah we'll see what happens we will thank you samuel thank you charlotte thank, thank you. you thank you for joining us um if you haven't already be sure to subscribe to us on acast or apple podcast or whichever platform you listen to us on and we will be back again sometime next week thank you for joining us <laughs>